Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning. It's time for the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. With your host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time she successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pocket. You can either Google the McCarty Group, that's M double C A R T Y, or call 661. 665 sold. That's 661 665 7653. And she or one of her partners will be delighted to help you. Let them make you their next success story. And a good morning to you, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How are you this morning? I am doing excellent. Uh, there's a lot going on. We've had cold weather. I feel like we're ready for the warm ish weather. Right. And I mean, Oh, go ahead. I, w- I was going to say, we've had cold weather, we've had warm weather, we've had cold weather. Yes, yes. So I don't know what's going on, but I do know spring break's coming up. Yeah. So my son and I have been planning, and, oh. and, and we're, we're looking at Pismo. <gasps> Very cool. Anything anything to be near the beach. So You bet. I'm excited for that. It's eh, still a month and a half, two months away, but... It's just, it's something to look forward to. I love it. Absolutely. I mean, well, <laughs> it, it calls to me. The ocean does. It says, Lori, come, come, come. You're come due. Mm-hmm. Leave the laptop at home. Absolutely. Well, that actually <laughs> happened, though. <laughs> Mine's with me. I'm sure yours is with you, even on vacation. It's like, ugh. It is. I When it's a true vacation, I try to leave it at home, but... Somehow it it seems to jump up and just hop right into my suitcase. I don't know how that happens, but it does. Let me just check my email with my coffee. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. So how's your morning going? What are you up to? Well, you know, when I'm with you in the studio, it's always a great morning. I'm with one of my favorite Mm -hmm. people talking about my favorite subject, real estate. Couldn't agree with you more. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. One of my favorite persons, people to hang out with and... I learned so much on this show, by the way. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yes. So this morning, I wanted to give everyone a heads up uh, that the Federal Reserve has made it clear that the central bank intends to raise interest rates only a quarter of a percent at its March meeting. And then they're going to keep raising them steadily over the rest of the year at quarterly intervals. Um, The Fed seems to be committed to moving decisively but steadily towards a tighter monetary policy. And I think it's their intent not to move so quickly as to shock markets or the economy unnecessarily, but to make certain that all those who monitor such events and who are affected by them are well aware of their intent. Hmm. Yeah. Now, am I wrong or does that actually sound like good news? Yes, that is good news. Rates are still relatively low, and the feds aren't going to raise them dramatically overnight. You know, in fact, historically, when rate 
um, whenever the central bank indicates that they're going to raise the interest rate in the near future, lending institutions begin to sort of subtly increase their consumer pricing right away so that by the time the actual federal funds rate increase occurs, the direct-to-consumer rate pricing is usually already in effect. Hmm, okay, that's fascinating that lenders do that. That's, well, yeah. yeah, I think psychologically it just makes it easier on the consumer so that when you hear, oh, the rate has gone up a quarter of a percent, when you've been hearing rates are at XYZ, right, mm-hmm. and you go to check the rates, oh, it's really not that much higher than you anticipated it being. Okay. Well, that's good because that does make sense. And in talking about interest rates in the housing market, are the inventory levels still as low as they've been in the past? Absolutely. <laughs> in fact, as of this recording, at the end of February 2022, we have less than 450 resale homes on the market for all of Kern wow. County, making it still difficult to zero in on your dream home. Um An interesting statistic was just made available this past week for the fourth quarter of 2021, which I thought really helped shed some light on an additional factor that's making it difficult for owner-occupants to secure that dream home they've been wanting. There was a record 18.4% of all homes that were sold during October, November, and December of last year that were sold to investors. Mm. So because in addition to there being a shortage of homes to purchase, we've talked about this, mm-hmm. there's also an additional shortage of homes to rent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So never in the history of tracking housing have we seen investors represent such a large percentage of the total number of homes sold. And in terms of dollar volume, according to Redfin, uh, where this report came from, this represented nearly $50 billion in sales during the last quarter of 2021. Mm-hmm. And wow. then this statistic, I think, is probably going <clears> to <throat> really amaze you. Some 75.3% of those investor purchases were paid for with all cash during that time frame. So that makes it even easier to understand why owner-occupants that needed to obtain financing are oftentimes unable to compete for their dream home. Now, let me ask you this then. If it's 18% of all the homes sold Uh in the last three months of the year last year were by two investors, is that kind of a a sign that it's a good investment? Yeah. Okay, because I'm thinking we're seeing the prices of homes skyrocket. Right. So that's a good investment. So so it seems like, you know, because there's other places to put your money, but real estate seems a good, safe investment. Absolutely. We've yeah. talked about it before. It's an excellent hedge against inflation. That's great. That's great. So, yeah, I mean, that's huge numbers, huge numbers. And then paying cash. Yeah. 75% of the investors paying cash. Right. That's another, to me, it's an indicator that like, hey, there's people confident a lot of people confident to put cash up for a right. home as an investment. So right, that this market is going to continue to to go up. Yes, that's great, and and I know we've talked about it before on the show, Lori. Um, what can a buyer do to have their offer stand out in a multiple offer situation if you're trying to buy a place? Right, because it is tough when you're getting financing and 
um, you're competing against investors who have cash to offer. I think first and foremost, you have to work with a great agent and you have to trust the process. Don't give up. You know, having helped 10,000 people over the years, I can tell you with absolute certainty when it's right and when it's meant to be, it will be. And if you need some assistance, call my office. We have a list of the, the most effective tactics that we've seen and that we've used in getting your offers accepted. And we'd be happy to share that with you, whether you work with us or not. Yeah, that's great you bring that up, too, because I think when I was looking for a house and you get impatient, mm-hmm. you do, and you get frustrated. You do, and, and like, there's oh. even a term for it. They call it buyer fatigue. Ah, okay, and okay. we've seen some buyers get so frustrated that they've, they've decided to, to step out of the market. And when you think about it, if this market is as strong, as all economists are saying it Mm. is, and it's going to continue at this rate or even at a slightly lower rate, but it's going to continue this upward climb. If you step out now, Mm. how do you step back in a year from now, two years from now, et cetera? Yeah, because most likely prices aren't going down. Right. And and we'll see what happens with interest rates. Right. There's there's a slow climb coming up. Um, In your personal experience, how long have you helped a client find a home? We've had some clients that it's taken a couple of years. Oh, wow. That's dedication. It is, but that's what we do. Yeah, that's amazing, too, because I kind of feel like some some agents would be like, uh, this person's never going to buy. Right. I'm going to stop answering their calls. Right. There are there are some agents that absolutely are that way. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, not, that's not who we try to be. That's that's great to hear too because it's yeah it's got to be frustrating for everybody involved so that's right. great that you stick to it like that because yeah I remember looking and it was months and I mm-hmm. was getting frustrated but years mm-hmm. woo yeah <laughs> well thanks so much for that information Lori um, so tell us what are we talking about today well today I thought we would talk about that uh, F word that we keep <laughs> on the down low in real estate <laughs> the F word oh <laughs> hold on now Lori this is radio. You know, we're monitored by the FCC. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not that F word. The F word I'm talking about is foreclosures. Oh, now that's not as bad a word. but, but Right, but oh. I know it's still a bad word. Yeah, cause, and it's interesting, too. Many of my friends have talked about that. They're, they're worried about the market being maybe flooded with foreclosures coming up. Well, Well, we've talked before that economists don't believe the market will be flooded with foreclosures. Um, And and even though this isn't the most entertaining topic, Mm. I I think it's an important one for sure. And Mm -hmm. I think um, foreclosures impact us all one way or the other. And And in many ways, not talking about them, ignoring them, putting them off, is kind of like having an elephant in the room and just pretending it's not there. It's kind of like the check engine light on your car. Uh-huh. You can't ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ignore well, it. Well, you can. I guess you could. But then, as my son learned, there you know, are consequences to pay. Right? And it's been on for three months. That's, uh, that's fun. Could so, be a problem. Could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I thought before we got into the nitty-gritty, um, 
that we should talk about where the market is today and how forecasts can really help us determine where we're at at the end of the year. You know, it's hard to believe that we are starting year three of this pandemic or endemic, however you want to refer to it, okay? And while it hasn't been fun, it, it hasn't exactly turned out to be the big doom and gloom in real estate that so many people were worried about. Um, <clears throat> so just in case you've been living under a rock, um, home buyers across the nation are, are facing remarkably higher prices and dramatically reduced inventory. And, and if you have been living under that rock, beware – that rock is probably going up for sale pretty soon. Okay. <laughs> so now, as I mentioned earlier uh, in this conversation, there are less than 450 resale homes available in Kern County as of today. Um, and as they say in the real estate business, the price of a home is dependent on location, location, location which of course means that the severity of this home shortage that we're experiencing can vary greatly across the variety of American cities, okay? Mm -hmm. So when you think about it, Adelaide, one of the best ways to illustrate the extent of the residential housing market shortage is to examine the length of time that a house is listed on the market before an offer is accepted. Mm, Okay, so... Can you help me understand that? Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. So the more homes you have to sell, the longer you would expect the average time on the market to be because you have more choices, right? And the fewer homes you have to sell, the shorter the time on the market would be. So, for example, back in March of 2012, when inventory levels were high, Mm -hmm. the median number of days that an American home sat on the market was approximately three months or about 93 days. Hmm. But by the summer of 2021, the median number of days for a pending home sale was just over two weeks or 15 days. Huge. Huge difference. difference. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So home sales data from 2021 reveals really how much the pandemic's impact on the housing market has varied across the country. So when we look at a state level, Homes in Washington, Nebraska, and Indiana have been moving the fastest. The median days on the market for each of those was less than 10 days in 2021. Wow. Yeah. Blink, and they're gone. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, other hyper-competitive states include Colorado, Oklahoma, Oregon, and Utah, where homes were typically off the market in 14 days. Wow. Now, these states contrast with Vermont, Hawaii, and Mississippi, which are the only states in the country where the typical home remained on the market for more than 60 days before an offer was accepted. Or the home was eventually delisted, meaning Hmm. it was taken off the market. Interesting. Yeah, but here's what was really fascinating to me as I did this research um, was that how quickly the homes moved in 2021 showed almost no correlation with the home price at the state level. 
Hmm. Now, in 2021, Bakersfield ranked number 14 in U.S. cities where homes are selling the fastest. Hmm. So that gave us 13 median days on the market, an average sale to list price ratio of 100.8%, meaning Hmm. we sold at above list price on average, and a median sales price of <clears throat> Where's that number? Uh, 324.561. Huh. Now, in addition, homes sold at record speeds in a number of California cities, despite California as a whole ranking in the middle of the pack among the various states. That is amazing. And just looking at the, the your list price ratio, 100.8%. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that, is that common or is traditionally speaking? Yeah, no, that is no, not okay, common. Okay, usually you know, it's a lower offer. It it is that that's what we've all in the past been conditioned to. Let me list up here to sell a little bit lower. Okay, right? okay, but, but wow. now, as a median or as an average, rather, let me list here, and I'm going to sell above that. Wow. It's pretty fascinating. That is really amazing. And I know you've been saying homes have been moving fast here, but the 14th fastest city in the nation. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And median, that means exactly half above that price and half below, correct? Uh, Yes, sir. Wow. So our average sales price is actually much higher. Uh, And let me look here at my numbers. Give me just a second here. Okay. So for today... Kern County, it's at 368,000. Mm. So that's substantially above that 324, 561 mm. number. And so here we are in 2022 at 368 for our average compared to just a year ago in February of 2021, it was 301,000. Whoa. That's a $67,000 increase in a year. Wow. I can't do math in my head, but that's big. Okay? I can barely do math on paper. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's that's just phenomenal, and I, I think it's really a great place for us to take a break. What do mm-hmm. you think? I agree. i got to soak it all in here. All right. Uh. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute after this short break. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR and streaming live on KNZR.com. Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM. Now that's smart. And we're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. If you're thinking about selling but need to make some renovations first, you'll want to contact Lori to find out about her amazing program, 
designed to help sellers get their home ready to sell. It's called the McCarty Line of Convenience, or MLOC for short. This program allows sellers to tap into their equity for renovations and repairs. There's no interest or fees associated with the MLOC. It's simply paid back at the close of escrow. Call 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653 to see if you qualify for this exclusive program designed to help maximize your selling price. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking about foreclosures and the real estate market. And Lori, can you establish for us what exactly is a foreclosure? Of course. So unlike those investors we were talking about in the last segment who paid cash for their purchases, most people, like you and I, Mm -hmm. buy a home by borrowing part of the purchase price from a bank or a mortgage company. Other times... um, Homeowners will borrow money against the equity in their property after they own the home, and that's called a home equity uh, line of credit, right? Okay. Sometimes people will refinance their mortgage and combine it with a home equity loan. And in all of those situations, the lender usually has a lien against the home to secure the repayment <clears throat> Excuse me, of the loan. Um, when a buyer fails to make the payments that are due on that loan or defaults on the loan, the lender can foreclose, which means they can force the sale of the home to pay for the outstanding loan. Okay, okay. Now, California lenders can foreclose on deeds of trust or mortgages using a non-judicial foreclosure process, which means it's outside of the courts, Mm -hmm. or they can use a judicial foreclosure process which, of course, means it goes through the courts. Okay. Now, which one of those is the most common here in California? Oh, by far. The non-judicial foreclosure process is used most commonly in California. Mm, so how do they determine determine that? How is that determined which one? Okay. Um, great question. Okay. Um, so a non-judicial foreclosure is used when there is a power of sale clause in the deed of trust that secures the mortgage loan by giving the trustee the authority to sell the home to pay off the loan balance at the request of the lender if that borrower defaults or fails to make the payments. So it's a clause that's in the actual It's in the contract, basically. It's in the paperwork. Yeah. Why is it I always make things complicated and legalese and you just boil it right down? (laughs) Thank you. When you sign in the paperwork, it's in Mm -hmm. there. That's it. They want to protect their asset as well. Right. Okay. So when a lender uses that non-judicial foreclosure process against a borrower who fails to pay that mortgage um, for their primary residence, the lender gives up the right to collect a deficiency judgment against the borrower. Okay, mm. so if they foreclose, they can't go back for a deficiency judgment. Okay, okay. Um, in the non-judicial foreclosure. Okay. Um, but you'll find that most lenders prefer this process because it's much faster and far less costly. Mm. And let me ask you this too. So if, if any, hopefully nobody ever has to deal with this, but right. sometimes people lose jobs, things mm-hmm. happen. I get that. Um, is this not as devastating to like, say your credit? Oh no, it's the same. It's going to be, it's going to hurt. Either it's going to hurt. So hopefully, hopefully it doesn't happen, but these are the processes that will happen. And the other side, 
a judicial foreclosure. What is that? Well, a judicial foreclosure actually involves the filing of a lawsuit so that you get a court order to sell the home or to foreclose. Now, it's used when there is no power of sale clause in the paperwork, okay? And the court will order the sale of your home, and it'll be auctioned off to the highest bidder. But honestly, judicial foreclosures are rare in California. Okay. As I mentioned, they do allow the lender to get a deficiency judgment against the borrower, but the homeowner has a right of redemption, meaning it allows them the ability to buy the home back from the successful bidder at the auction for one year hmm. after the sale. So the foreclosure lender has to hold that foreclosed property in their inventory and not sell the property until that redemption period has expired. So that's why the process is so much longer and so much more costly than a non-judicial foreclosure because they've got to hold on to it for a whole year oh. after they foreclose. Okay. And time is money. Absolutely. Cause I'm think, we've all seen the shows, House Flipper, whatever, yep. blah, blah, blah. And they usually, I feel like you see them buying these foreclosed homes, mm-hmm. fixing them up and selling mm-hmm. them. So in a judicial foreclosure in California, that can't happen. No. A quick flip. No. Okay, no. okay. Now, let me ask you this. In the non-judicial foreclosure, you could still flip. Right. It within the, and then and I feel like most of the mortgage lenders, they don't they want to they want to figure something out too before they even get to that point, don't they? As far as like can we get a payment plan? Can we do they something? Would, they would absolutely love to do that. Okay. Um and you know, we saw an awful lot of that with forbearance programs mm. throughout the, the COVID pandemic, right? That yeah. was lenders learned their lesson in 2008 in the credit crisis where they, you know, kind of folded their arms across their chest and said, no, you're going to pay me every dime that you owe me. And then they lost. And then, <laughs> and then when they realized, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of people that aren't in, in the position. Yes. To, and, that, and that's a really deep rabbit hole to get into that, that 2008 is. thing. But I, I, And the reason I bring that up, too, is if, if you, you lose your job or foreclosure is something that's kind of hovering around you, your decision-making there, there's options. Right. So, so. Right. In fact, the, once you are in default, the lender must contact you. And anyone else that's on the mortgage loan to assess your financial situation and explore options mm. to avoid foreclosure. Mm-hmm. They, that, is, that is law. They must okay. do okay. that. They okay. cannot proceed to a foreclosure until they do that. Okay, so there's steps to take before you even get to foreclosure. Absolutely. To okay. Now, can you give us an idea of how long it takes for a lender to foreclose in the event someone out there struggling with making the payments? Absolutely. So obviously there is a lot involved, and I'll I'll kind of give you the Cliff Notes version. Is, is there even really a thing as Cliff Notes anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I'm know. dating myself. I remember but, Cliff Notes. Um, yeah. so, so as I said, the very first thing is the lender has to contact you as well as anyone else that's on the loan to assess your financial situation and explore whatever options are available to avoid foreclosure. Mm. And this this initial meeting is called the Foreclosure Avoidance Assessment. 
wow, they're so creative with their titles, right? <laughs> yeah. But the purpose is to, you know, is to assess, is this a short-term situation? Is this a long-term situation? Mm. Can we, you know, did you, have you become permanently disabled or did mm. you just temporarily lose your job and you're highly employable and can get a new job, right? Right. Um, can we... Uh, give you a forbearance as they did during the pandemic because we hope this is a short-term situation hmm. and move these payments to the end of your loan? Or is this going to be an ongoing situation where um, you're not going to have a hope of remaking, you know, resuming making your payments on the property? Mm, okay. okay. So they that's the purpose of that first contact. Now, during that first contact, they they have to advise you that, that you have the right to have another meeting um, to avoid foreclosure. And that meeting has to take place within the next 14 days. They also have to tell you that you can authorize a lawyer, a HUD-certified housing counseling agency, I think is the term, uh, or some other advisor. Maybe this is all new to you, and you're like, Mom, Dad, you know, Aunt, Uncle, Realtor, Trusted Advisor, can you please talk to them uh, for me? Because you understand mm. the lingo better than me. And they can talk to them. And you can't be forced to accept any plan that your representative and the lender come up with during that discussion. Okay, okay. okay. So you do have options. You do. You yeah. have a lot okay. of options. And a, a HUD-certified housing counseling agency is probably a really good one to go to. because, Or if you have someone that, that really understands the real estate business and the options that are available. Okay. Don't just go it on your own because, you know, there were a lot of people who stepped into forbearances not realizing that at the end of the term of the forbearance, they were going to have to repay in full the <laughs> amount of their payments that were deferred. Oh boy. Not that they were just being, those payments were being tacked onto their mortgage at the end of the loan. Right, Ooh. big difference between you now owe twenty thousand dollars and twenty thousand dollars is being tacked onto your mortgage at the end. Right? Yikes! Okay, okay, because okay. that's that's like a balloon payment almost. Yeah, exactly. Like, Wait, what? That's exactly oh, yeah. what it is. Oh my goodness! Yeah, be careful of all that stuff. And hey, there's nothing wrong with seeking help. Absolutely, nothing wrong with that. I mean. I'm sorry. When I'm sick, I don't diagnose what's wrong with me. I go to a professional. I usually right? Google it, but. Okay. Well, okay. My doctor would tell me, Laurie, stay off the internet, yeah. right? Because <laughs> all you're going to do is freak yourself out because, you know. Definitely true. But go to someone either you trust or someone that you know. But yeah, I like, I like the HUD certified. Right. And, and is there fees for this stuff? Uh, for HUD certified counseling, no. There's no fees. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they'll help you. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Your tax dollars at work. Okay. okay. Very cool. Now, if you and your lender... Um, that your mortgage lender, right, have not worked out a plan to avoid foreclosure, then the lender can record what is called a notice of default in the county where your home is located. But it must be at least 30 days after they contact you for the foreclosure avoidance assessment. And it's been my experience, very few lenders stick to that 30-day uh, rule. 
mm. right? They're going to give you, I don't mean they're going to shorten it. I mean, they're going to lengthen okay. it. Okay. okay. They, again, they learned their lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's an appreciating market, um, most lenders want to be seen as good neighbors and, and they, they really don't want a non-performing asset on their books. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. Um, so once they file that notice of default, which must be a recorded document. So anybody who's been through this process knows that it feels like on a weekly basis you're receiving letter after letter after letter after letter, notice, 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 notice from your mortgage company. And many times as I've worked with clients, there's a stack three or four inches tall of letters they've received that are unopened. Oh, boy. Um, None of those are notices of default. It is the actual recorded document that is the notice of default. And Mm. that notice of default is the official document that starts the foreclosure process. Okay? Okay. And the lender will send you a copy of that notice by certified mail. So you might have been getting letter, 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 letter from the mortgage lender. When you Mm. get that certified letter, open it. That's important. Yeah, open the mail. And and here's just just on my own personal experience. Back in 2008 or 2009, I rented a room from, from a guy. And he would get those notices, mm-hmm. and they and I I even remember this is years ago now, but realtors knocking on the door, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, so I'd I'd open it and I'm like, hey, I just I just ran a room, you know, right? Um, but but even back then, they really tried to work with you, right, right, uh, yeah. So so it's kind of, it, you, you think. If I don't answer the phone, we talked about the check engine light. Mm-hmm. If I ignore it, it'll just go away. And that doesn't always happen. Right. And uh, <clears throat> so after after the certified mail comes in, yep, and you and you see it and you open it, you you know you address you, it. Right. Um, you have ninety days from the date of recording to mm-hmm. cure or fix the default, usually by paying what is owed. Ooh, okay. Okay. Now now if that can't happen, is that when foreclosure kicks in? Not quite. If you don't pay what you owe, then a notice of sale is recorded. It has to be at least 90 days after the notice of default is recorded. Sometimes I've seen them go longer. Mm. But that notice of sale states that the trustee will sell your home at auction in 21 days, and it will actually give you a a sale date when the foreclosure will take place. Mm. There's other criteria that the notice of sale must include, and it must be sent to you, the mortgagee, by certified mail. Mm. If anyone's concerned about that other criteria that has to be contained in the notice of sale, just call me and I'll be happy to go over it with you. So then at least 21 days after the date when that notice of sale is recorded, the property can be sold at a public auction. The successful bidder must pay the full amount of the bid immediately with cash or a cashier's check. And usually the lender is going to have the opening bid at the auction, and it's generally going to be in the amount of the balance due on the loan plus the foreclosure costs. Um, Or they may have a a negotiated amount, uh, an amount that they deem this is the amount we will accept. Mm-hmm. And okay. if no one else bids, your home is going to go to the lender. 
Okay. Now, is there anything the homeowner can do to stop the foreclosure process once the notice of sale has been issued? Actually, there is. California law allows for reinstatement of the loan up until five days before the foreclosure sale. Mm. So this means they allow you to, quote unquote, cure the default to stop the process. During that 21-day period after the notice of sale is recorded, any person or institution like a bank who might have a second on the property uh, with an interest in your home, or it might even be the first because the second might be foreclosing, right, Mm. has the right to redeem the home up until the non-judicial foreclosure sale or auction. But what that means is that they must no longer just bring the payments current. Instead, they have to pay the entire loan in full. Okay, so, yeah. okay, this is a good question, too. What about for tenants that are living in the home that is being foreclosed on? Do they just have to get out right away, immediately? Uh, no. If there are tenants in the house that was foreclosed on, the new owner has to honor a valid existing lease. Mm. But when the tenants have a month-to-month lease or the owner-landlord also lives in the home mm. that's being foreclosed upon, then... The new owner can evict the tenants or the former owner or landlord. Um, And in these cases, the new owner has to either offer the existing tenants a new lease or rental agreement or begin eviction proceedings. Now, if the new owner chooses to evict the existing tenants other than the former owner, Mm -hmm. the new owner has to give those tenants at least 90 days notice before starting eviction proceedings. It's also very common that we see relocation assistance being offered to tenants in these situations in an effort to help them relocate to new housing and in an effort for the new owners to obtain possession of the property sooner. Mm, I remember, that's what I remember too when I was living right in the room, Mm -hmm. that they would come by and say like, hey, we're offering $3,000. Right. To, to help you find a new place or whatever. Right. So, so I mean, that, yeah, that was really, I mean, it was something. Right. You know, at least to try to help relocate somebody. Because I was kind of at a loss. I was like, well, I'm paying, paying my share. Right. <laughs> How I'm, come I'm being penalized, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm still paying my rent on the first, and, you know, and I'm renting this room and everything. But it was really, I mean, I ended up moving out just because the uncertainty. Right. I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't want, you know, I didn't realize that you actually had 90 days. Yeah. So if I'd known that, right. I'd probably, right. I don't, well, I don't know if well, I'd Well, a lot of rent. these laws came into effect as a result uh, of that credit okay, crisis. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and the, yeah. the, the, the bad shake that a lot of those tenants got. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. my thing was, you know, I've still got, you know, I have a small business. I have, I have DJ equipment or whatever. I don't want that to no. get thrown out, you mm-hmm. know, on the street mm-hmm. or whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I better start looking for another place. Um, now, another question, too, is what about SB 1079? Doesn't mm-hmm. that give tenants an opportunity to purchase that foreclosed home that they're actually living in? That's a great question, Adelaide. Uh, yes, it does. Um, in, oh gosh, you're really starting my brain to hurt here. <laughs> I, I think it was September of 2020. Mm-hmm. Gavin Newsom signed into law SB 1079, which grants <clears throat> a right of redemption or first refusal, if you will, Uh, to purchase a foreclosed residential property to 
tenants um, to buyers intending to use the property as their residence, so owner-occupants, to local governments intending to use the property as affordable housing, and to some other eligible buyers. All one- to four-family unit properties, um, which could include both investment and rental properties, uh, were included under the bill. And that bill expires end of 2025, um, probably sunsets on January 1, 2026, I think. Okay, so there's some time. Yeah. So if at a trustee sale following a foreclosure, a property is not sold to a prospective owner-occupant, but instead is sold to an investor, then any one of numerous individuals or entities um, known as eligible bidders can submit a bid to purchase the property up to 45 days after the trustee sale. Primarily among those would be an eligible tenant buyer, uh, and that is going to be defined as a natural person who currently occupies the property as their primary residence and was a party to an arm's-length lease agreement with the borrower who was foreclosed upon and, most importantly, is not the borrower or a family member. Okay. All right? The second and most often used is a prospective owner-occupant. And in that case, it has to be somebody who signs an affidavit that they will occupy this property within 60 days and will live there for at least a year. Mm, And that they are not an agent of um, anyone purchasing the property for other purposes. Okay. There's a whole host of other categories that I won't bore you with. Uh, a lot of which are nonprofits, are um, land trusts, are housing cooperatives, um, are the state of California, uh, the University of California, cities, counties, all designed um, to help provide more affordable housing or housing for owner occupants. Okay. And if somebody's curious about that, call me. Happy to give you all that information. Okay. And it seems like the most common would be the eligible tenant buyer. Right. Or a prospective owner-occupant. Right. Those got to be the two most common people. Absolutely. Common parties. And, um, you know, an eligible bidder is going to have to provide an affidavit to the trustee that they meet one of the conditions and send written notice of intent to place that bid no more than 15 days after the trustee's sale. And they can submit a bid up to 5 o'clock on the 45th day after the trustee's sale. Mm, okay? Okay. Now, just for clarification, what exactly does an owner-occupant mean in this particular situation? So, as I was saying, they have to occupy it as their primary residence within 60 days of the deed being recorded. They have to maintain occupancy for at least one year. They're not the mortgagor, and they're not the child or parent or uh, spouse of the mortgagor, 
and they're not acting as the agent of any person purchasing the property. Mm, okay, okay. Well, thank you for that explanation, Lori. Uh, this has been some really useful information, and if it's okay, I think this is a great place for a short break. Absolutely. All right. Well, you're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we'll be right back. It's no fun missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to themccartygroup.com and start packing. You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at the Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Saturday mornings. And in our last segment, we discussed the mechanics of foreclosure. So now let's talk about these great opportunities to purchase homes to live in or for investment. Now I know when they are foreclosed on, we generally think of these homes being sold at auctions, often on the courthouse steps. Um, I've even checked them out. So is it true you can find fabulous homes for next to nothing at the auction? Well, it is true that there are some fantastic homes at the auction. Um, But let's not forget, this is still a business. I mean, the lender wants to recoup their money, and you have to be able to purchase in all cash when you're buying at the foreclosure sale. You're also buying as is, where is, and you've usually not had the opportunity to see the interior of the home. You're not getting a title policy, and you're not able to complete inspections like a traditional sale. So purchasing at the courthouse steps at a foreclosure sale, while it may seem exciting, It's not really for the novice. And also, before we get ahead of ourselves, let's consider that there could be tenants or previous homeowners that are in default living in the property. The winner of the auction will be responsible for the eviction process, which could take weeks or months. And as we talked about in our last segment, if there are tenants in the house that was foreclosed on, the new owner has to honor that existing lease. Um, if the tenant has a month-to-month lease or the owner or landlord lives in the home that's being foreclosed on, then the new owner can evict the tenants or the former owner or landlord. But 
in these cases, you know, the owner could either offer the current tenants a new lease or begin eviction proceedings. Mm. Um, you know, <sighs> you've got to give that tenant um, at least 90 days before starting the eviction process if they are there when you um, purchase at the foreclosure sale. Okay. I would think like a lot of times, though, the tenant living there might not even be aware of what's going on. That is true. Okay. Um, okay. And be like, wait, what? <laughs> yes, that happens quite frequently. Okay. Okay. And you're thinking, you know what? It, it would probably be okay to talk to them and say, hey, let's figure out a rental deal here. Let's, let's continue your lease. Right. Yeah. Um, but do you want to? Right. Now, if you want to own or it, occupy it. Or do you want, were, what was the purpose of buying that property? Mm. Did you buy it to hold and rent? Did you buy it to fix and flip? Did you buy it to own or occupy? Mm. So it all depends on your intention, whether you want to. And what are they paying for rent? Yes. Was it a below market rent? And were they actually paying rent? What's the reason that that property got foreclosed on? Interesting. There's a lot of yes. stuff you got to consider. Oh That's why I say it's not for the faint at heart. It's not for the novice, right? Ooh, yes, a lot yes. you got to think Things can go about. wrong. They, no way. <laughs> no, I know. Shocking, right? Murphy's yes, Law, oh right? Boy. Yeah. But but don't despair because there. If you're if you are determined to purchase a foreclosure, there are a lot of other ways to purchase one. And many of them can be good opportunities for the savvy buyer who has an eye for improvements and who isn't afraid of what we call sweat equity or good old-fashioned hard work. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Now, why is it that it seems like every foreclosure home I have ever seen needed work? either cosmetic or structural. <laughs> you know, none of them seemed to be anywhere close to moving ready. In fact, many of them had horrible floor plants that needed major reworking. You know, that's a great point, Adelaide. When you think about it, regardless of the type of market we're in, the reason that a property has become a foreclosure is that there was a reason it wasn't selling, right? Most people mm. don't just bury their head in the sand and say, come on, lender, foreclose, right? Mm. They try to sell their property. Um, unless they owe more on the home than it's worth. So yeah. historically, there are only four reasons that homes don't sell. Location, pricing, condition, or a lack of marketing. Mm. Typically, there was market resistance to either the home's location, condition, or pricing. And with our market being so hot over the past few years, it's clearly been a case of location and or condition or perhaps some other external condition like lack of access that has stopped properties from selling, right? Mm, if you can't right. get in, um, then it's kind of hard to sell the property. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you can see beyond the cosmetics or visualize what a new floor plan will do for a particularly choppy or ill-designed layout, I think you're head and shoulders above the pack. Hmm, okay. So for those who are looking to capitalize on this market, are there a lot of choices out there in terms of properties? Well, unfortunately not. Um, and uh, mortgage delinquencies decreased in the fourth quarter, mm. uh, which is actually a really good thing. Right. Okay. Um, so as of today's show, 
According to the Golden Empire Multiple Listing Service, there are seven foreclosures mm. available for sale in Kern County. Yeah, seven. Okay, so not a lot. Uh-uh. There are two in Bakersfield, three are in Taft, one in Maricopa, and one in Fraser Park. Now they're all listed for sale between 150,000 and 208,000. And some of these have been on the market over 75 <laughs> days. So what does that tell you? <laughs> well, uh, based on our earlier discussion, overpriced, and yeah. I'm thinking maybe location. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, so two of these properties have tenants in possession, and offers must be made sight unseen via an auction platform. Hmm. One has a PACE solar loan of $27,000 that the seller has said they won't pay off. Hmm. So that buyer, whoever purchases it, has to assume that. Whoa. And one has had multiple offers at the home's current listing price, but those were made a month ago <laughs> when the property was listed at a higher sales price. Oh my goodness! So if you're if you're watching those flip shows, uh -huh. and, and I've done it, I've uh -huh. spent a Saturday Me afternoon too. watching a little marathon. This is a great idea to make a bunch of money. Oh yeah, mm, not, not always going to be the case. <laughs> um, but do you think on the flip side, if if the timing's right and there are an abundance of foreclosures, you could find somewhat of a deal? I'm thinking back in 2008, 2009. Absolutely. Back then. But you're not going to get a loan for it. Right. You got to pay cash. Right. Um, and it's risky. Right. So, um, it, yes, it is not your traditional sale. Mm. Now, some of, so it all depends on the type of foreclosure that you're purchasing. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, uh, today, we, looks like, are running out of time to get mm, yeah. into any more of those details. Um, if anyone wants to, you know, give me a holler, I'm happy to go on and on and on and on about it, you mm. know, having marketed and sold thousands of foreclosures in my career. Uh, okay. um, but looking at the clock, I think it's, it's time to... Uh, to probably wrap this Can up. I, now, let me ask one quick question. Hopefully okay, it's a quick, just a quick one answer. more. <laughs> so, so if do people approach you and say, Lori, I, I want to buy. I've got cash. Will you help me with the, buy a foreclosure? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So, so you can't. It's not something when we talked about the courthouse steps. It's not you just roll up and do that. You go. No. I got an agent that's going to help me. No. Help me do this. I have. I have done that for folks before. Now, not will you will you hop a fence, a backyard fence? No. That to, I. Okay. I'm. I'm too old to do that anymore. Okay? We'll send the drone in. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I love technology. Okay. Because I'm thinking though too. Because you're thinking. Okay. I'm new to this. I want to try it. I see, hear about these great deals. Mm -hmm. But. I want someone with me to help right. me. Right, and okay. there's a lot of research that goes in on the front end. Okay, right? okay. Um, it's just like we happen to have a, a property on one of the auction platforms that mm. is make an offer subject to, well, you can't ever see the property until you take, until you have ownership of it. Okay, right? And okay. can get the tenants out. And um, it's valued at three times what it's on the auction platform for a starting bid at. Um, based on comparables in the area. Have I seen the inside? Nope. 
Um, do I know if it's worth that? Nope. Oh boy. Um, is there a reserve on the the property? Yes, meaning the seller has said I won't sell it below this. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Is the starting bid ridiculously low? Yep. Um, do we have people? Many, 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 many people call every week to yeah. say, I-, I want it for that. Well, everybody wants it for that price. <laughs> okay. um, unfortunately, um, the offer, the offers, the bidding has not gotten high enough for the seller to accept an offer yet because nobody's met the reserve. Uh, okay. Okay. So the seller still has some say. Oh, yes. In how much this If price... there is a reserve auction, yes. They've said, you know, it's kind of like, I'm sure people have, have watched car auctions and there's mm. been a reserve uh, placed. Yeah. I mean, just because, you know, you bid the price up to 500000 if the reserve is 600000 You're not getting it. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. And by and... the way, there's a 5% buyer's premium, which means whatever you bid, you're paying 5% more. Because that's how the auction company makes their money. Ah, okay, okay. Because so, I'm thinking the seller, if he has a reserve, is that just to cover what he owes? That's correct. That's okay. to keep the property from a from selling at a very low price where maybe that day there was only one interested buyer who uh, just makes an offer of the opening bid. Okay, okay. Because the seller's still on the hook. For mm-hmm. the difference. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Therefore, that's why there's a reserve. Okay. And remember, the seller is the lender in this case. Right. Okay, perfect, perfect. Thank you. Sorry, I wanted to squeeze that one little question in. <laughs> no problem. Um, what I would like to leave you with, um, and you can tell your friends, stop worrying about there being a flood of foreclosures coming our way, because I don't see it happening anytime soon, and neither do any of the economists. Mm. That, and that's a good thing. Yes, it's a a very good thing. Um, So before we say goodbye until next week, I want to say once again how excited we are to be in this new time slot on Saturdays and to thank all of you for tuning in today and for tuning in each and every week. Hopefully we've given you some fascinating knowledge about this important topic and provided some more clarity into the world of real estate. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again next Saturday at 11 a.m. If by chance you miss an episode of the show or know someone who would enjoy this information and who's otherwise occupied at this time, no worries. We've got the perfect solution. You can catch the Encore presentation each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. here on KNZR just before Sean Hannity. And if that doesn't work, we have yet another option. You can now hear this show and previous shows wherever you get your podcast, Just search Kern County Real Estate Review to listen to your heart's content. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review, wishing you and yours a wonderful rest of the day and a fantastic week ahead. You're listening to 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be back next week.